sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about the phrase, you've got another think coming, or is that another thing coming? And we'll talk about especially fun kinds of words called Janus words. But first, I have more listener feedback about desert and dessert. That was a popular topic for feedback. Two listeners, Al and Bill, both wrote in to tell me about a beautiful island in the Acadia National Park in Maine called Mount Desert, but it's spelled like desert. Bill said it, quote, probably has something to do with the fact that a French explorer was the first European to land there, unquote. And indeed, the Mount Desert website says the name is pronounced dessert, quote, since it is of French origin, unquote. So it is something like the phrase, you got your just desserts, which is also from the French and spelled like desert. Bill, who appears to be from Maine, also mentioned that other towns in the area have names that aren't pronounced the way you'd guess either, such as Callis, Maine, which I would have guessed is pronounced Calais since it's spelled C-A-L-A-I-S. And that reminds me of the time I mispronounced the name of Houston Street in New York as Houston, like the city in Texas. Location names seem like they can be especially tricky when it comes to pronunciation. Thank you both to Bill and Al. Here's a fun call from John. Hey, Grandma Girl, this is John. I've enjoyed your podcast for several years, but I don't think you've ever addressed this critical issue that I have. Uh, recently, my 20-something daughter and I had a conversation, and I remarked that if you believe that, you have another thing coming, to which she replied, no, Dad, the expression is you have another think coming. I laughed and told her that she was the victim of either a mondegreen or an eggcorn, but that her interpretation was clearly wrong. I need to disagree, and later I searched online for her foolish version only to find out that it is indeed acceptable. Can you please explain how such a travesty can be allowed to stand? Thanks. <laughs> this made me laugh, John. Good for you for admitting your error, although you'll see that you're not alone. The older and more common phrase, at least in edited text, is another think coming. And although the two phrases seem about equally common in American English, with think barely edging out thing in a Google Ngram search, you've got another think coming is much more common in British English, where the saying actually originated in the late 1800s. 
It showed up just a bit later in the United States, and it's often used to follow a clause that describes a bad, annoying, or wrong think. For example, I might say, if you think I'm going bungee jumping, you have another think coming. And here's the oldest American example I could find in a Google News archive search. It's from 1897 from the Daily Argus News, which was published in Crawfordsville, Indiana. It reads, Having elected him, Republicans think they have some voice in the distribution of the spoils, and there is where they have another think coming to them. People hearing thing instead of think could be described as an acorn if you think the word thing makes sense in the phrase. Since an acorn is a mistake based on a mishearing that actually makes sense, like hearing acorn instead of acorn for the oak tree seed. In this case, hearing thing instead of think seems to have started as far back as the early 1900s. And an unfortunate error in 1982 may have added to the confusion. The band Judas Priest, which is British, by the way, got the bad idea think lead in right, but then they got the next line and the song title wrong in their big hit, You've Got Another Thing Coming. It goes, If you think I'll let it go, you're mad. There's the bad thought. If you think I'll let it go, you're mad. You've got another thing coming. That song likely increased the popularity of the Another Thing Coming version, and it actually does look like both versions of the phrase became more popular in the early 80s. And even though the Think version still wins in edited text, multiple sources say the Another Thing Coming version is generally more common today, at least in American English. So, John, your daughter was right, as you've already graciously acknowledged, but you do have a lot of company in believing that the Thing version is right. Thanks for the call. In this dark first month of the year, it seems like a good time to talk about Janus words, also known as contronyms and autoantonyms, because January gets its name from the two-faced Roman god named Janus as well. Words that have two opposite meanings, such as dust, which can mean both to add a light layer, as in I dusted the cake with powdered sugar, and to remove dust, as in I dusted the baseboards before everyone came over for dinner, these words are called Janus words because the god Janus is usually shown with two faces looking in opposite directions, and that oppositeness represents the opposite word meanings. January gets its name from the same Roman god because, as the god of doorways and archways, he's also thought of as looking into the past and the future and representing transitions, such as the transition from the old year to the new year. These words are also called autoantonyms because an antonym is a word with an opposite meaning. For example, wiggly is an antonym of still. A wiggly baby is the opposite of a still baby. Most words can have lots of antonyms, not just one. So thrashing is also an antonym of still. A thrashing baby is also the opposite of a still baby. When you add the prefix auto, which means self, you get autoantonym, a word that is its own antonym. Sanction is a common example. A few years ago, I told you that the Associated Press had sanctioned the use of hopefully as a sentence adverb meaning that it's okay to write a sentence, like, hopefully Squiggly saved some chocolate for the rest of us. That meant the Associated Press put its stamp of approval on such sentences. 
But if I had written that the Associated Press sanctioned writers it found using Hopefully this way, it would mean it had punished its writers, taken action against Hopefully instead of supporting it. So sanction can mean to approve or ratify something, but it can also mean to punish or penalize someone. However, you're safer using it to mean approve. The penalize meaning is much, much newer. People only began using it in the 1950s. The Oxford English Dictionary sniffs its nose at the penalize meaning, calling it of doubtful acceptability. And Brian Garner, who trains lawyers to write and is the author of Garner's Modern English Usage, says that lawyers who use the penalize meaning risk being misunderstood, since the approve meaning is dominant in legal circles. So even though sanction has two meanings, one is more common, and people could be confused if you use the uncommon one. Another contronym that, like dust, can mean both to add and to remove is seed. When you seed a tomato, you remove the seeds, but when you seed a lawn, you add seeds. And a third verb that can mean both to add and to remove is trim. You can trim your bangs to shorten them, or trim a tree to add decorations to it. Cleave is an especially interesting contronym. It can mean to cling to something or someone. You can cleave to the side of a cliff while you're waiting to be rescued, and marriage vows often talk about cleaving to your spouse. But cleave can also mean to separate or split something apart. Nature lovers talk about canyons cleaving mountains, and scientists talk about enzymes cleaving proteins. What's fascinating about cleave, though, is that it has two meanings because it was originally two different words from two different origins. In Old English, the split meaning was cleophan, and the come-together meaning was cliffian. Now, you might remember that regular verbs usually have a past tense that ends in ed. Look is a regular verb because the past tense is looked, for example. But irregular verbs are formed differently. For example, drive is an irregular verb because the past tense isn't drived, it's drove. Ring is an irregular verb because its past tense is rang. Well, the verb cleave that means to cling together was always a regular verb, but the verb cleave that means to split was originally an irregular verb. Its past tense was clave. You cleave to your spouse, and to take an example from the OED, Quote, the mercenary soldiers clave to King Henry, unquote. But when this irregular verb became regularized around the 14th century, the past tense for both meanings was cleaved, and people started thinking of them as just one word with opposite meanings instead of thinking of them as two different words. A fun aside is that its past participle was cloven, which you're only likely to hear today if someone is talking about cloven hooves. Finally, my favorite contronym is chuffed. When you're chuffed, you can be either pleased or displeased. I heard it twice in one week, and I'd never heard it before, so I didn't know what it meant. And from the context, it seemed like one person was using it to mean pleased, and the other person was using it to mean irritated. Tom Merritt said he was very well chuffed to have Will Harris on his podcast. And Jessica Gross on the Slate Double X Gab Fest said she's not all that chuffed that there are more male engineers in the world than female engineers. I thought chuffed can't mean both things. 
I'd seen lists of contronyms before, but chuffed was never on those lists. But I looked it up in the Oxford English Dictionary, and the entry is very short. 1. Pleased or satisfied. 2. Displeased or disgruntled. Contronym it is, although my British friends assure me that the pleased meaning is much more common, just like the approved meaning of sanction is more common. Jana's words are fun to think about. There aren't a lot of them. Most lists I've seen have fewer than 30 words. See if you can come up with some more on your own. And just know it's important to make your sentences clear when you use them so people don't misinterpret your meaning. And finally, after I recorded this, I realized that there's a phrase instead of a word that my husband and I use that could almost be considered a Janus phrase. So I'm adding this little bit. We'll say it's all downhill from here. And sometimes that means a good thing, like we finish the hard part going up the metaphorical hill, and now it'll be easier going forward, like a bicyclist coasting downhill. And then sometimes for us, it means a bad thing, like things were good, but now it's going to be bad. It's all downhill from here. I was so curious, I did a Twitter poll and found that a lot of other people use it both ways too. 46% of people said that whether it's good or bad depends on the context for them. Then 36% said they interpret it's all downhill from here to be negative, and only 18% said they interpret it to be positive. Auto antonyms are fun. And finally, I have some comments on the last Familect story. You may remember that Rachel had a funny name for crumbs. And the little pieces of pastry at the bottom of the bag we refer to as the snivels. And we always argue over who gets to eat the snivel. Well, multiple people said they also use sniffles for that, or at least something very similar. And there's a reason. Ryan wrote in to say that when he was young, quote, My dad would try to encourage me and my brother to clean our plates, telling us to make sure we got all the schnibbelkins. It was a family term he learned from his maternal grandmother, who was the daughter of German immigrants, and was listed on the 1900 census as a corset stitcher. Brian did some poking around, and it turns out that, quote, schnibbles are a German term for the leftover scraps of fabric that quilters would have when they finished their work. Add the German ending chen, and you get schnibbelchens, or little scraps, unquote. He said it wouldn't surprise him if Rachel had a distant relative with a connection to Germany and or textiles. And then my editor, Karen Hertzberg, also said that, quote, her German great-grandmother, who immigrated here in the early 1900s, called scraps of yarn schnibbles. She didn't sew or quilt, but maybe someone in her family did, and the term came to refer to scraps of fiber of any sort, unquote. So thanks. I love how this little backstory has emerged. Thanks to everyone for sharing. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sams. That's all. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Here's to 2021. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. At Capella University. 
you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.